of steam rose from the bubbling crucible, the curl of silvery vapour floating ghost-like against the shadowed wood panelling before dissolving into the darkness. After consulting his pocket-watch, the Earl of Rexford scribbled a few more notations in his ledger, the scratch of his pen punctuated by the soft pop-pop-pop of colourless chemicals. "'The devil's brew,' he murmured, leaning back in his desk-chair and staring at the brightly-coloured satirical print propped up against a stack of books. Though I give the artist credit for coming up with a far more poetic phrase, Satan's syllabub. Pitchforks had been drawn in to replace the two L's of the print's red-lettered title. As for the caricature of him, a mirthless laugh slipped from his lips. A pair of scarlet horns poked out from the tangle of long black hair. "'I must remember to visit my barber this week,' he murmured, brushing a strand of the shoulder-length locks from his collar. "'And is my nose really that beaky? I've always thought it rather elegantly aquiline.' Shifting his gaze lower, he saw that the artist had drawn him without his trousers on, and that his bare, hairy legs— a gross exaggeration, ended in cloven hooves. The fine print of the caption explained that he was in the habit of concocting his noxious brews right after enjoying an amorous interlude with his latest conquest. "'Lies,' muttered Rexford wryly, taking a moment to eye the clever caricature of a near-naked lady peeking out from the large copper crucible cradled between his knees. The deft pen-strokes had captured Diana Fairfield's petulant pout with frightening accuracy. Yes, the face was perfect, but the implied timing was all wrong. I never mix business with pleasure. For one thing, performing chemical experiments in the nude could have very painful consequences. But then he supposed the artist couldn't be blamed for taking poetic license— a. J. Quill had earned a reputation for creating London's most scathing satirical prints, and no doubt earned a pretty penny for his merciless skewering of those caught up in the latest society scandal. Be damned with truth! Ruthless images, cutting commentary, that was what the paying public wanted. Misery loved company, especially when the sufferer was one of the privileged few. "'Ah! I see you've found today's delivery from Forrest's print-shop.' The door to the workroom closed quietly behind Tyler, the Earl's valet, and occasional laboratory assistant, as he carried a tray of chemicals to the small work-table by the spirit-lamp. "'Yes, and this latest one is really quite upsetting.' Rexford glanced back at his timepiece, and waited ten more seconds before turning off the flame. Quill has made my legs look awfully spindly, and you know how vain I am about my shapely calves. Uh, it's gone beyond a jesting matter, my lord. A gentleman's gentleman would not ordinarily dare to rebuke his master, but Tyler was no ordinary valet, reflected the earl. To begin with, he didn't swoon over the task of removing foul-smelling stains and singe marks from a finely tailored evening coat— more importantly, his scientific education made him far more useful in other matters. 
Tyler cleared his throat with a brusque cough, never a good sign. It meant a lecture was coming, a blunt one, delivered in a rough-cut Scottish brogue. Perhaps you ought to consider ignoring Reverend Holworth's attacks from now on. Engaging in a public war of words isn't doing your reputation any good. Rexford picked up the half-empty glass of brandy by his inkwell and drained it in one prolonged swallow. He hadn't initiated the hostilities. The first salvo had been fired off several weeks ago when the Reverend Josiah Holworthy, a clergyman of rising oratorical note, had preached an emotional Sunday sermon decrying the corruptive influences of dissolute debauchery on a civilised society. Holworthy had used the Earl as an example of wickedness personified, describing his recent behaviour in lurid detail. Rexford.